James and John try to force Jesus' hand, trying to get these seats of glory when they ask, grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. For James and John think that Jesus is coming to institute a new worldly kingdom. But as we know, his kingdom is not of this earth, but is in heaven. And Jesus, knowing the hearts of James and John, uh, poses to them another question. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Yes, they respond, and indeed they will drink the cup and be baptized with the baptism of our Lord. But they don't quite know what that entails, what that means for Jesus in the next few days, because he is on his way to Jerusalem, going up to suffer and go through his passion, his death, and then his resurrection. And then what will happen to James and John in the coming years as they continue in their mission of spreading the gospel and making disciples of all nations. And so these seats of honor in Christ's kingdom are much different than those in a worldly kingdom. So the Gentiles, these worldly leaders, lord their authority over uh, their people. It's by power and tyranny. And as we know, Christ's kingdom is not like this. Christ invites. He does not force. And James and John want these highest places of honor in the kingdom, but they just don't know how to get there. What our Lord says next is a little cryptic. He says these seats of honor in the heavenly kingdom are not his to give, but are for those for whom it has been prepared. Now we may be thinking, okay, Jesus, you are God. How, how can you not know or it not be your place to give these seats of honor? And, uh, but Jesus, what he's doing here is not denying that he is God. Uh, he most certainly is. But what he's doing is, is saying that a place has been prepared for James and John, but it's for them to earn. These seats of honor have, have been prepared for them, but James and John have to earn it with God's grace. It's, they're not trying to get this on their own, but they have to do their part. They have to say yes to our Lord. For uh, also in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, we read, In my Father's house there are many rooms. For if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And so a place has been prepared for them. And a place also has been prepared for us. In the kingdom of heaven, a place of honor, being able, each of us as well, to sit at Jesus' left and at his right, being able to sit next to the guest of honor, the most important person in the room. And uh, what, a, what a gift this is. But the question is, how do we get there? How do we, uh, how do we make our, not make ourselves, but how do we get to be able to sit at these seats of honor in God's kingdom? How do we earn it? It is by following Christ. Jesus mentions how uh, to drink the cup, to drink the chalice, to be baptized with the baptism of our Lord. What does this mean? And uh, this phrase, the cup or the chalice, for us is a symbol of Christ's suffering and his passion 
and his death. In his baptism is the similar idea of the baptism of Christ, going into uh, the, the sufferings of this life, but knowing that that's not the end. And so our Lord here is asking James and John and all the apostles, are you willing to enter into suffering on my account? Are you willing to suffer for my name, for my sake, and then be able to enter in the kingdom of heaven? To lose your life on earth so you can gain eternal life in heaven? Are you willing to be united to Christ through redemptive suffering? They say yes, yes, of course, and yes, they can, but they don't quite know yet what they are in for. So Jesus is inviting them to offer their whole lives, to offer everything they have and give that to our Lord. To take their, their inadequacies, their foibles, their, even their strengths and offer them all to Christ for the sake of the gospel. To give them all to him and be ready to be willing to offer and lay down their lives as Christ did for them as well. And there's a phrase that goes like this, that the cross comes before the crown. The cross comes before the crown. And uh, so for us, this crown is being able to sit in the place of honor, be able to sit in the kingdom of heaven. As our Lord says in in another place, that um, we have to give up our life. He who loses his life for my sake will save it. But whoever tries to save his life in this world will lose it for eternity. As we are getting towards the end of our uh, liturgical year, where November is coming soon, <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, and at the end of the month, uh, we will begin our, count, our new um, uh, liturgical year. And so all these readings are beginning now to shift to um, remembering the end, remembering what is to come. And so for us as Christians, we have hope in what is to come because we are living for heaven. This does not mean it is easy. Uh, We have to endure sufferings. We have to go through uh, these challenges, laying down our life, being willing to suffer for the sake of the gospel so that we can um, lose our life now, uh, not necessarily by the shedding of our blood, but maybe, but dying to ourselves so that Christ can live in us and that we can live now for heaven. And so it's a good desire, it's a natural desire that we want to have these seats of honor. We want to sit next to the most important person in the room. But we see that we have what it means to follow Christ is by serving others, laying down our life, being willing to suffer for our Lord. And so the Christian is one who is willing to unite sufferings with and for Christ. When I entered seminary, part of our uh, initiation was to, uh, to pick a Bible verse that kind of be our theme throughout our time in college seminary. And it's really been a theme for me throughout my uh, seminary and now into priesthood. It was a passage from St. Paul to the Romans, where it's Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. 
So we can rejoice in our sufferings because they produce endurance and character and then hope. Hope for what is to come. We can rejoice in them because God's love has been poured into our hearts so that we can have this joy of knowing what is to come. And so when we suffer for the sake of Christ, when we endure and are persecuted for our faith, because this is increasing more and more, we know that we are doing this for Christ. Let us unite our sufferings to him today so that we can sit at this place of honor because it has been prepared for us and we can be with him forever. And so when our sufferings come, maybe our body is uh, creaky and doesn't work as well as it used to or uh, other uh, challenges in our life, in our family or friends or work, we can unite all of these sufferings, whatever they may be, and find redemption in them, uniting them to Christ so that we can be with him, um, going through and drinking the chalice, uh, being baptized with the baptism of Christ going through these sufferings because we know by Christ's example that death is not the end. Life is the end and we can be with God forever. And so, brothers and sisters, today let us renew our commitment to following our Lord more closely, uniting our sufferings to his so that we can be with him forever and sit in the place of honor that has been prepared for each of us, for you and for me. Let us pray for each other today that we may get there together as the body of Christ and uh, unite our sufferings to his being filled with hope for eternal life.